version out, okay? It wouldn't be good. A little uh, extra meaning there that we don't need. All right, so two things. The 10, if you, several people came up to me uh, this week, man, they're like, oh, Pastor Jay, I got like three of those cards that I could fill out. Man, that's awesome. Fill them out. Put them on the uh, cross. Amen. And uh, one of the things that we do when we write a name down on a card, it kind of commits us to it, right? You know what I'm saying? It's it's kind of difficult to, to commit yourself to something, but uh, make sure you write those names down and you prayerfully consider people that you know that need to know Christ and need to have a relationship with God or maybe they're on church. And what an opportunity that we have to minister our community and our friends and our family and uh, allow them to come under the sound uh, of God's Word. And, and so that's what we're praying for. And I trust uh, that you will do your best to um, invite as many people as you can to hear the gospel message on Easter Sunday. The second thing is, and I'm kind of excited about this, is next Sunday, we're calling it our Anniversary Celebration Sunday. And, um, you know, like we talked about it as a staff and as pastors were like, well, what do we celebrate? You know, because Green Garden started in 07. Uh, First Baptist started back in 1965. And so we we merged two years ago or we started that process. And so, you know, what do we celebrate? And so guess what? We're going to celebrate all three. Amen. And uh, we're just going to have a good time with it. And we believe that um, our future is as bright as the promises of God. Amen. And uh, we're excited for all the things that God's doing in our church. Uh, we got tons of family gone today for spring break and vacation. We're still uh, packing uh, the, the auditorium out. Uh, we're thinking creatively how we can rearrange chairs to get more people in here. Uh, we're actually in a couple of weeks meeting uh, with some builders to talk about uh, laying the, the preliminary. When I say preliminary, I mean very, very, very preliminary what we can do to expand or what can we do to maximize our space here. Uh, we want to count the cost, amen, and uh, consider what God has for us. Exciting days at um, Jackson Creek ba- or Jackson Creek Fellowship Church, amen. And so we're excited for that. Now, we're in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And one of the things that we've been thinking about and considering over the last several weeks is if you want God's blessing in your life, you're going to begin to pursue the, the, the Beatitudes uh, that Jesus Christ talks about in this particular passage of Scripture. In fact, you're not even going to just consider the Beatitudes. You're going to consider allowing the Beatitudes to become a part of your life. You're going to consider how the Beatitudes can shape your character and inform, listen to this, inform how you engage with those that God places in your life. In fact, what happens is, is if you're a kingdom maker, the Beatitudes, in a sense, become a part of your character. They become a part of who you are and the person that God is calling you to be. And when you do this, when it becomes a part of your character, everything changes. You begin to experience life in the kingdom in a whole new way because you begin to look at life not through the lenses of self, but you look at life through the lenses of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You begin to see life in a completely different way. You see it in a powerful and a transforming way. Because on one hand, as you follow Christ as a kingdom maker, He begins to conform your life, your heart, and your mind, and your purpose to His purpose. But then in so doing, He also allows you to have an impact on the people that are in your social circles and the people that you come in contact with on a daily basis. Now, when you think about your life, when you think about your life, 
Have you considered the invitation that Jesus has given to us to bring his kingdom into the world we live? I mean, have you considered what life would be like if we, as a people, would consider living the way that Jesus has called us to live in the kingdom of God? Could you consider how our schools would be different, our families would be different, our workplaces would be different? Man, our church would be different. I mean, I love our church, and I think we have a pretty great church, and, and I think a church is a people in process, but, but, there, but there are times, you know, where we're not easy on each other. You know what I'm saying? And so how different would it be if, if, if our lives were truly informed by and shaped by and conformed to the principles of this particular passage in which Jesus is encouraging us to, 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 to allow to become a part of our life and character? So I want to ask you this morning. We've got two weeks left. I want to ask you, have you, have you made it a priority to become the people that you're called to be so that you can impact others? Throughout this entire series, we're not just giving you steps to being a better person. That's not what this is about. What we're doing is, is we're giving you the truth that could change your life to become the person that God has already called you to be. The person that God wants you to be that can have a true impact and live in a significant way and live in a way that your life is so blessed that others around you are attracted to what Jesus is doing in your life. And that leads us to the big idea this morning, and that is this. A pure heart precedes, precedes excuse me, a powerful life. A pure heart precedes a powerful life. Now, in the Gospel of John, The writer of John says this, but to all who did receive him, speaking of Jesus Christ, but to all who did receive him, to them gave he right, or uh, in the King James it says it this way, I memorized it this way when I was a kid, but but as many as received him, to them gave he power or the authority to become the sons, or now it's the children of God. Do you realize this morning that there is a power in you that God has given to us because he has made us pure positionally and he is making us pure practically that that God has done something in us that we couldn't do for ourselves. Amen? And so a, a a pure heart precedes a powerful life. Now what we're going to see today is this, is that God's power is available to those who following Jesus, listen, pursue a pure life. For those who pursue, pursue a pure heart, a pure life, hey listen, that person's life will then be empowered to become the person that God wants you to be and also in turn to do what God wants you to do. And so, we see in this text, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Now Robert Murray McShane was an old time preacher. He was an itinerant preacher and he would go from town to town because back then, they didn't have like full-time pastors that kind of hung out at the church all day and only worked on Sundays, kind of like what we do around here. Amen? Steve just shows up around the week and thinks, you know, I've just got my feet kicked up, you know? Robert Murray Machine would walk, he would go around and he, he would preach at different places, and he made this statement to one of his young preacher boys. He said this, one of the young men he was training up in ministry. He said, in great measure, according to the purity and perfections of the instrument, will be the success. It is not great talents that God blesses so much as great likeness to Jesus. A holy minister is an awful weapon in the hand of God. All right? Let me read that again. In great measure, according to the purity and perfections of the instrument, will be the success. It's not great talents that God blesses so much 
as great likeness to Jesus, a holy minister is an awful weapon in the hand of God. Now listen, we elevate people that have talent. We tend to elevate people that, that are good at something. But I'm going to tell you, God's more concerned with who you are than what you can do. God's more concerned about that. And what we find in this passage of Scripture is that God blesses a life of purity, a life of devotion, a life that is completely and wholly committed to Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this morning. Do you find yourself giving in to unwanted desires and behaviors more than obeying God's will and God's plan for your life? Do you find yourself doing that? Sometimes just giving in? Are you struggling in your life for meaning and for purpose? God, what do you got me here for? What is my reason for living? What is my reason for um, doing what I'm doing? If I were being honest this morning, I could say that's been my struggle. God, what, what's the purpose of all this? God, what's the meaning of life? In fact, if I were being completely honest today, in the past I've struggled with a pure heart. But I'm going to tell you this morning, the gospel gives us the good news that God can powerfully transform our hearts. No matter how messed up your life seems or appears to be to others, right? God can powerfully transform your life. God can make all things new. Maybe you too have experienced a struggle. But I want you to know a heart that is pure is a heart that is wholly devoted to Jesus. Please note that today. A heart that is pure is a heart that's wholly devoted to Jesus. This is the life that Jesus will empower to change. Jesus will empower you as you devote your heart more and more to him. Jesus taught that his disciples that a life of purpose and power and presence are the byproduct of a life that's been purified, a life that has been devoted, a life that is committed to knowing him, following him, and pursuing his purpose in their lives. There's no hope. Listen, there's no hope. There's no hope this morning. Let's just get this out of the way. There's no hope without Jesus this morning. There's no hope in all the world without Jesus today. And so this morning, if you're like me, the struggle to be pure of heart is real, right? I mean, just be honest. Now, I know some of you are hedging right now because you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm pure. Because we have this idea and this mentality of what pure is, and we're going to talk about that later. But if you're like me this morning, the struggle to be pure of heart is very real. So, I mean, what exactly does it mean to be pure? What does it mean this morning to be holy and to have a real sense of purpose and calling that we have when Jesus invites us into the kingdom? Well, the first thing that we see this morning, it's a heart that's rescued from brokenness. It's a heart that's rescued from brokenness. Now, the word heart in this passage is the Greek word cardia, which is where we get the word cardiac, the heart. The heart. It's the inside. The heart in the Bible is always seen as the inside part of man. It's the seat of his personality. It's his inner man. It's the center of all things. It's it's honestly, when we speak of the heart, it's kind of like the mind and the heart and the emotions, the will. It's, It's who this person is. So it would stand to reason that our hearts would need to be rescued. Because largely in part, because of what proceeds out of the heart is the real you. Now, um, praise be to God, uh, Tyler is here this morning. Where did he go? Tyler lifted up. Tyler's wife, Sarah, gave birth this past weekend to a toddler. She skipped the baby phase, right? He was like, what was he, 12, 13 pounds? Was he 10? 
That's a baby. Amen? Praise the Lord. Look, when they have babies, they don't play at the bowling household. And so we thank God that baby came and that baby was healthy. In a few weeks, that baby will likely be in the nursery and he'll likely uh, be throwing uh, toys at other kids and grabbing their toys and saying, mine, you know. But Tyler didn't teach him that because Tyler's a great guy. How did he know to do that? Well, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it, right? And so what the Bible tells us is that at a heart level, the moment that we take our first breath, we're broken on the inside. And we, as as human beings, want what we want. We sang the heart that Jenna led this morning, O King of My Heart. Boy, what a precious song. But ultimately, life is good when Jesus sits on the throne of our life. But life gets complicated and complex when we sit on the throne of our own heart. Because he is the sovereign king of the ages. Luke 6.45 says, A good man produces out of the good storeroom of his heart, and an evil man produces the evil out of the evil storeroom, for his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. So oftentimes people will say something, they be like, Man, I didn't mean to say that. Yes, you did. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Because the heart is the center of all things, and the heart produces behavior. And if your heart has not been rescued by Jesus Christ, then you will live out your life in a way that is selfish, sinful, and it will be a life of regret. And Jesus has come as our hope to rescue us from ourselves. He's come to rescue us from our sin. He's come to rescue us from regret. And every single one of us this morning is broken on the heart level. Every single one of us. Every one of us needs rescuing. In fact, this is where we desperately need transformation because behavior modification uh, isn't the answer and it is not the hope that we're looking for. Changing my behavior will not fix what is broken on the inside of my inner man. That's why sometimes, and I've spoken to some friends of mine that have had problems with addictions, and they've gotten through that. Some guys have had drug addictions, and other guys have had alcohol addictions, and they said, you know, Pastor Jason, one of the things that um, addicts, particularly those who uh, abuse substances, have to be careful of is not exchanging one addiction for another addiction. And so they told me sometimes what happens is, is we'll give up alcohol, but then we pursue things in the, in the realm of sexuality in an unhealthy way. Or we'll throw ourselves into our work and we become addicted to work. Or we'll throw ourselves into exercise and then we just become addicted to exercising. And all the while, while I'm for programs that help us to kick bad habits from our life, at the end of the day, the only thing that can rescue us from us And the brokenness in our lives is a relationship with Jesus Christ. He and He alone is the only one that can renew and reconstruct what is broken inside of our lives. Jesus' concern in this passage is about the spiritual state of a person, not just the outward religious purity. Relationship with Jesus is what matters. Why is the heart so important? Why is it so important this morning? Because being a true Christian means this. It means there's no veneer. It means there's no facade. Christianity is something that happens to us at the very center of our being, and it controls the very heart, and from there it flows outwardly who we are and who we are becoming. Now, 
several years ago, my wife and I had the opportunity. We were in California, and we were at a conference, and we kind of cut out early, and we stopped in Long Beach, California. And in Long Beach, California, they have this magnificent boat called the Queen Mary. And it's really cool because now it's kind of like a, a tourist sightseeing uh, type venue. And you can go there, and what's really amazing about the Queen Mary is you can go on the Queen Mary, and you can spend the night on the boat. The boat never leaves the dock, but you can stay there. It's not like a cruise liner or anything like that, but you can stay. And the Queen Mary's haunted, right? I know some of you watch that junk on TLC, and you believe catching ghosts and all that stuff, but it's haunted, and you can go on the haunted Queen Mary tour and all that. But the Queen Mary, if you know anything about it, is an awe-inspiring vessel that was transformed from a luxury liner to a troop transport in World War II. On this vessel, it has three beautiful smokestacks, 36 feet long, 23 feet wide, ranging from 70 to 62 feet in height. Now, these smokestacks, and I want you to see them as best as you can. There's a, a picture in your bulletin, but these smokestacks were made of sheets of steel over an inch thick. Now, during the decades-long service of the Queen Mary, over time, what had happened was, was they just painted over the smokestacks to keep the smokestacks looking good, looking pristine, if you will. And what happened over time is they put 30 coats of paint, and they've just been adding on it over and over again. And what happened on the outside of these smokestacks was that there were 30 coats of paint, uh, and, and now it had just become a shell. And so when they decommissioned the ship and they removed these smokestacks for maintenance, it was discovered that there was nothing on the inside. The steel was no longer there, and it was nothing but the shells. So what happened was when they lifted them and they placed them on the docks, those smokestacks, they just crumbled. Gleaming on the outside, listen, rotting on the inside. Much like the Pharisees of Jesus' day, gleaming on the outside, gruesome on the inside. And I want to challenge you this morning to consider a relationship with Jesus that transforms your heart, not a religion that fixes the exterior of your life. Now, you may be here this morning and you might be like, hey, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior, but I know this, I'm broken and I know there's some things wrong in my life and I need to be rescued at a heart level because I've tried this and I've tried that and I've tried that. And nothing seems to work. And I want you to know you found yourself in the right place today because Jesus is the hope you're looking for. But what happens is sometimes as followers of Jesus Christ, we tend to believe that the gospel is for lost people. But I want to tell you this morning, the gospel is for all of us. In fact, coming to Christ and making a decision to be a follower of Christ, that's just the beginning. It's the diving board into the pool of God's great goodness and grace for your life. Paul said, as you received Christ, so walk in him. And the same way that you came to Jesus Christ, the day that you came to know him when you were a lost sinner, is the same way that you come to him every single day of your life for the rest of your life as he continues to sanctify your soul and the inner man that causes all the problems in your life. So this morning, you might be here and you've been saved for years. And on the outside, just like the Queen Mary, you look pretty good. Gleaming on the outside, but you're rotting on the inside. You're full of hate and anger and frustration and bitterness. Your ego gets in your way so much. 
you pop off and you gossip and you say things that you wish you didn't say and you do things that you wouldn't do. And you identify with Paul in in Romans chapter 7 where he says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Who will deliver me from this wretched body? Oh, it is Jesus Christ this morning who will deliver you. It is Jesus Christ who will rescue you. And I'm going to tell you this morning, if you're in need this morning and you don't understand what to do, Jesus Christ is the answer. He'll rescue you from the brokenness that you have in your life. But the second thing is that we find in our passage of Scripture is we find a heart that relentlessly, a heart relentlessly devoted to Jesus Christ. Jesus rescues our heart, okay? He rescues our heart. And He does so, so that we might become the people that He wants us to be. And if we're to become the people that He wants us to be, we must be a people who relentlessly pursue and are devoted to Jesus Christ. Now, a pure heart is just that. It's pure. Now, the meaning of the word and what Jesus is calling us to is multifaceted, and it's a little bit dynamic, so we need to dig a little. But what does the word pure actually mean? The word pure, in this sense, and what Jesus is talking about, it means unadulterated. It means devoted. Devoted in the inner self. Now, the Bible talks about spiritual adultery. Hang with me here. The Bible talks about spiritual adultery way more than it talks about physical adultery. Way more. In fact, if you were raised in church, your mind might automatically go straight to sexual purity when you hear this word pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I'll tell you, yes and amen. God wants you to be sexually and morally pure. That's just one component of what Jesus is talking about here. What Jesus is saying here is that I want so much more of you, not just your sexuality. I want, listen to this, I want all of you. I want every area of your life. I want your love. I want your, your passion. I want your devotion. I want your affection. I want your attention. I want all of you. I don't want to just be an add-on to your life. I want you to include me in everything that's going on in your life today. James 4.4 4 says, adulteresses. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? So whoever wants to be the uh, world's friend, listen, becomes an enemy of God. A husband and wife have the expectation of their spouse being wholly devoted to them. You get that this morning? Married my wife. 19 years ago this July, it's 2019. We got married in 2000. I always got to do the math back there, right? 2000, we got married. 19 years this July. 19 years ago, we stood in a church just like this, and I committed to be devoted to her. I'm pretty sure knowing her, she's not going to be cool with me, like hanging out with some other gal. You know what I'm saying? Most spouses are that way, and it's the same way with Jesus Christ. He wants us to be devoted to him. Christ calls us to that. Now listen, Jesus rescues our heart positionally. That means our standing with God. And our devoted pursuit of Him, listen, our devoted pursuit of Him purifies our heart practically. That's our progressive sanctification. That means God, listen, as you pursue Jesus Christ this morning, as you devote your life to Him, as you are pure in heart to your devotion and to your pursuit relentlessly of Him, listen, over time, God takes you and makes you more like Him each and every day. We say around here, it's okay not to be okay. 
It's just not okay to stay that way. God will take you any way that you are right now in this moment. Some of you this morning think, man, God just tolerates me. I want to tell you something this morning. You are the apple of God's eye. God loves you with an immense and measurable love that you can't even imagine. And he doesn't just tolerate you. Listen, he is for you. And he doesn't want perfect people. He's just looking for people who are willing to make progress with him. God wants to change us from the inside out step by step as we relentlessly pursue his will for our lives. I say this pursuit is relentless, which means not yielding or swerving in determination. Now, my kids a lot of times will do this. We go to the store. I wish they weren't in here this morning because now they're going to know my tactics, right? How many of you have kids and you go to the store and they're like, can I have one of these? 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 Can I have? How many? Can I get an amen? Right? And I'm like the guy on the old Chase commercial, David Spade. No, no, nay, nah. I say it in every language. No, Ben will get up and do that a little bit later. You know, I, no, you're not getting anything. You know how I know when my kids want something? When they ask me for the same thing over and over and over and over. And I'm like, oh, they might really want this. That means that they're committed to that thing. They're devoted to that. Listen, that's the kind of devotion to some degree that Jesus wants from those of us who follow him. He wants our attention and our affection and our commitment to be towards him. It's not, I want one of these and I want to... All right, Jesus, you're cool right now. Oh, wait, there's something over here. No, man, relentless, unswerving, unyielded, completely committed to him. He wants us to relentlessly pursue him. I want to ask you this morning, how about you? Can I just ask, just be honest, a level of practicality this morning? Is your passion for Jesus growing or is it waning? Are you growing and falling more in love with Jesus every day? I know one of the challenges in my life is a divided heart because so much clamors for my attention. What right now in your life is dividing your love and your loyalty to your, and your relationship with Jesus? Hey, hey, it's, it's going to be different for everyone and it's going to be different in the seasons of our lives. It might be kids or job or school or friends or a promotion. But one thing I know for certain is that God blesses those who are wholly devoted to Him and His plan and His purpose for their lives. What I know is this. Blessed are the pure in heart, are the devoted in heart, for they shall see God. So not only a rescued heart and a heart that's relentless, but a heart that is rewarded for its devotion. That's the reward. Now think about that. The principle in this verse is that the pure in heart, they're going to see God. They will experience God. They will they will experience his power and his presence in their life. So when Jesus says, hey, listen. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Listen, man, I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but when I got saved, Jesus came into my life, and that changed everything. Everything was different. All of my sins were washed away, and I was made new. And I remember when I was a kid doing things. I was five years old, and I didn't know much gospel, but I knew when I did wrong. I knew, because the Holy Spirit came in and he indwelt me and empowered me to know what was right and wrong and to do what was right according to the word of God. And so God, and he came inside of me. And I know this, there have been seasons in my life where my life has been broken or I've been sad or discouraged or depressed or there was a crisis going on in my life. And listen, and I got on my knees and I prayed and I was devoting my life and my heart to God. And I was saying, all right, God, 
I don't know what's going to happen in this in this in this situation. I don't know what's going to happen in this season, but my life is committed to you. And listen, God showed up. And friends, when God shows up, everything changes. Everything changes. Because when you feel weak, all of a sudden you begin to feel strong. I can do this. I can walk with God and I can serve God and I can honor God in this moment. I can do the right thing. When temptations come and I devote my life to God, hey, listen, I can have the strength to do His will and to do what was right according to His Word. And over and over and over again, I can give you times and seasons and illustrations of my life where I said, all right, all right, I'm going to devote my life. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm going to commit. I'm going to be pure of heart. And God shows up. And when He shows up, everything changes because He empowers me and He empowers you to do His will. Jesus is blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now listen, friends, we know God is everywhere, right? Not like pantheists who believe that God is in the trees. We're not talking about that. God is in the air. God is in the moon. God is in the clouds. God's in the animals. He's everywhere. No, God is like literally everywhere. He is omnipresent. But the Bible also speaks of the manifest presence of God, which means... That is God right here at work right now. So when Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, I believe what Jesus is talking about is the manifest presence of God. When you reach out to God and you say, all right, God, I don't know what to do in this situation. My marriage is falling apart. My kids are walking away from God. My finances have taken such a reversal, and I don't know how I'm going to pay the light bill this month. But I'm going to devote my heart to you in this marriage. I'm going to devote my heart to you in this, this seriousness of financial difficulty that I'm facing right now. I don't know what to do with my kids. They're going crazy. And I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do or how it's going to turn out. But I'm going to devote to obeying you and your word. When you do that, I believe God begins to show up in your life a little bit more and a little bit more. Because you're trusting Him and you're surrendering to Him. And you, you don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know if it's going to be good or not. It might not be good. I'm not here to tell you that everything's going to be okay just because you follow Jesus. All I know is that when Jesus shows up, He's going to give you the strength to do what you need to do, not what everyone else needs to do. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When you think about how complex... And how confusing life can be. There isn't anything that compares, listen, there isn't anything that compares to knowing that God is with you. Nothing. Life is messed up, right? I mean, it's just messed up. Some of you know what that means. You know, you work for a boss that's just incredulous, right? And that's a nice, nice way of saying you work for someone that's a jerk. Maybe you're married to that person. Maybe you are that person, and you know you're just ruining every good thing in life that God has given to you. I mean, life is confusing and complex, but but nothing compares to knowing that when God is with you in those moments, there's nothing like that. There isn't anything like knowing that God is directing and blessing and empowering your life. And that's why I said at the first part of the message, a pure heart precedes a powerful life. Listen, life is complex. Life is confusing. Life is messy and life is hard. But God makes the path straight when our lives are devoted to Him. Oh man, God God makes life possible. God makes life a 
blessing when our, our hearts are wholly dedicated to him. In the highs and in the lows, the relentless pursuit of a pure and devoted heart results in a life of dynamic, transforming power. And in those moments where you need direction, it's a pure heart that will guide you in your way. How many of you ever had a moment in life and you're just like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to do? How many of you ever had that? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my kids. I don't know what to do with my spouse. I don't know what to do with this job. My wife and I, we spoke to someone a few weeks ago. They lost their job just like that. And instead of getting stressed out about it, they knew that when one door closes, God opens another door. And there's nothing like trusting God, surrendering to God, and not allowing this messed up world to rob you of the joy and the blessing that God has for those who have a heart dedicated to Him. What I mean by that is this, a heart fixed on Christ will never lack clarity. A heart fixed on Christ never lacks clarity. So many times in life we wonder about wondering what to do. And so instead of devoting to Christ, we mind our hearts with entertainment and alcohol and sport and whatever preoccupies our attention rather than developing an affection and devotion for Jesus Christ. Listen, my friends. Jesus is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on the prize. Fix your eyes and your heart on Jesus Christ. You may be here this morning knowing that there's got to be more to life. I want to ask you, are you experiencing the power of a pure heart? Are you pursuing Jesus with devotion? Today would be a good day to lay aside, listen, lay aside anything that's in the way of your devotion and your, your purity towards Jesus this morning. Because the moment you do, he's here. The moment, the very moment that you lay aside anything hindering your devotion to Jesus Christ, He is here. He's here. He's waiting. He's waiting to reward you with a life that is fulfilling and significant. And I just want to ask you, are you ready to experience something new? They say the height of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. And some of you this morning, you have tried everything. In fact, you've tried it multiple times, and it is not working. And as a pastor who loves you, and I love you, try something different. Try Jesus. Devote your life to Jesus. And watch what happens and watch the power that will flow through your life when you devote your whole heart to Him. Imagine what it would look like instead of just wandering through life. We pursued the calling to live a pure and devoted life to Jesus. Imagine, just for a minute, imagine God's calling becoming more clear and His power becoming more of a reality in your life. Amen? Guys, listen to me real quick. Listen up for a moment. Close your eyes. All of you, just close your eyes. I know this is weird, but I want your focus. Imagine for a moment, imagine just for a moment what it would feel like to fulfill your calling in life. Imagine just for a minute. God, what are you calling me to? What would it be like to fulfill that calling? And here, what would it feel like to know God's power becoming more a reality in your life? I mean, really. What if your life was a life that just couldn't be explained. 
If people started asking you, hey, how did this happen in your life? I don't know. Jesus just did this. Hey, how did you put your marriage? I don't know. Jesus did that. Hey, how did your kids turn out right? I don't know. Jesus did this. A pure life is a powerful life because Jesus rescued us positionally and because we relentlessly pursue him in the process and purifying us. Now, all eyes up here. Listen to me. Have you been rescued? Let me ask you. Have you been rescued? Has Jesus come into your life and have you began a relationship to Jesus Christ, one that has rescued your heart from the brokenness that you've experienced in life? And then let me ask you this. Are you pursuing Jesus? Are you pursuing Jesus Christ? Could you imagine what God would do through a pure life? What would God do through a life that was devoted to him, man? There are stories throughout the Bible and history where God poured out his spirit, his power, and his presence on people when they were completely devoted to him. Several hundred years ago, there was a guy by the name of D.L. Moody, and he was visiting England. We know of D.L. Moody because of Moody Bible Institute, Moody Bible Church. And Moody, it said that he had been responsible for leading over a million people to Jesus Christ. When D.L. Moody was visiting England, he heard a preacher by the name of Henry Varley say, the world has yet to see what God would do with a man who is holy and consecrated to him. And Moody said, in that moment, under the, under the power of the Word of God and under the influence of the Holy Spirit, Moody said, you know, he didn't really say a smart man, an intelligent man. He didn't say a rich man. He didn't say a man that had notoriety. He just said a man. The world has yet to see what God would do with a man that is holy and fully consecrated to him. And he goes, I will do my utmost to be that man. This is what he was going to do. He was going to consecrate. He was going to set his life apart to be completely devoted to Jesus Christ. I want to ask you today, how radical would it be? Now listen, this is it right here. How radical would it be if you completely devoted your life to Jesus this week? Just this week. And that's what I want to ask you to do. What would it look like for you this week to completely devote your life to Jesus Christ? What is stealing away your affection and your attention? Whatever it is, remove it from your life so that you can this week experience the principle of living a life that is devoted to Christ so that the power of Christ can flow through you to be who God has called you to be so that you can impact those around you. Just this week, consider, what would it be like if I devoted all of my, my, my life to Jesus Christ this week? I'm not asking you for a month. I'm not asking you for a year. I'm not even asking you for a lifetime. Just this week, devote your life to Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you this next week to devote your life to Him Make sure he isn't an afterthought, but he's the priority. He is the first place. Let's pray together this morning that we might consider true purity and talk today as a family after church on what areas need to go so that he has priority this week in your life as individuals and as a family, all right? So this week, when you get in the car, and instead of getting in the car this afternoon and saying, man, I can't believe John sang that song today. Tyler missed a note. I can't. I don't know if I'm going to be back. You know, Terry, he hit the wrong key on the piano, you know. Man, Pastor Jason, he's a nerd. You know, he's way funnier than Mike, but he's still kind of a nerd. <laughs> Ben's jokes were better today. Praise God, you know. The version thing, I don't know. Pray about that. 
No, no, no. Instead of doing all that today, when you get in the car, say, hey, guys, what, what right now is in your way of being devoted to Jesus? So for this next week, we're going to set aside these things in our life that are hindering our devotion to Jesus Christ because we want to be a family that has our eyes on the prize and we're looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. All right, let's heads bowed, eyes closed. Jesus, we love you this morning. I love this church. I love these people. We've got so many things in our life just clamor. They clamor for our attention. So many things that are lesser than. Lesser than what you have for us. Lesser than our calling. Lesser than, lesser than our love for you. And so, God, I just pray this morning that our hearts would be convicted and challenged. And, God, it's... In the first century, it wouldn't have, it, I don't even know that we understand today that the fact is, is that you call us to take up our cross and follow you. We're so comfortable as Christians. And so the idea of being wholly devoted to Christ is, yes, but I don't want to give up this. And yes, but, God, I just pray that we lay it all down at the foot of the cross today. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, how many of you say to me this morning, Pastor, I know for certain that I've been rescued by Jesus today. Lift your hand and let me see testimonies of those hands today. How many of you say to me this morning, Pastor, I've never had a time in my life where Jesus rescued my heart. I've never had a time in my life where I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I can say this morning that I don't know that my sins have been forgiven. I don't know that my my relationship with God is right. And if I were to die today, I don't know that heaven is my home. I don't know where I'd spend eternity. Would you lift your hand and let me pray for you today? Is there anyone that's like that that's here today? No one's looking around. Just let me pray with you this morning. Anyone at all. Now, how many of you would say to me this morning, Pastor, there are some areas in my life that need devoting to Jesus Christ this week. There's some areas in my family. And I want our family this week, I want my life to be a reflection of, your, uh, of being devoted to you, a, a reflection of the power of God at work in my life as I, as I pursue purity and devotion and, and, and a focus on you. I want that for my life. I want that for my family. Lift your hands in the air this morning. Pastor, would you pray for me? Just get them up. Leave them up there real high. Father and God in heaven, you see the hands of these dear folks. And so many of us have hard times making commitments. And God, I just pray this morning for every single hand that's lifted in this room this morning. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. All to God, that we'd be a people that are not ashamed. That we'd be a people that are completely devoted and committed to the calling of God on our lives as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. All that whatever it is that is in our way this morning that hinders us from knowing you and loving you and pursuing you, that it wouldn't even be a question this morning of what we should give up. Oh, to God, I pray, Lord, that we would experience your best in our life, that we would experience your grace and your presence and your goodness, and we would stop looking at all the negative things in our life, and we would focus on the the power of your love uh, in our lives and through us. God, I just pray this morning in just a moment when John begins to sing this song with our worship team, oh, I pray that we would come to the altar and whatever it is that's hindering us from knowing you and walking with you, that we would lay it down at the foot of the cross. We'd lay it down at this old-fashioned altar and we would leave it there never to pick it up again. We ask all of these things in your wonderful, precious, and powerful name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet this morning.